You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I feel like we did a really good job hedging our bets over the last couple of weeks with me comparing the White Sox 2008 season to what could possibly happen here in the last month, but also accepting that one of the reasons this team could make the postseason is just because everybody else is terrible at it. Because we think about this, like this is a team that is battling here in the last month and I'm willing to have fun and enjoy it. I also understand that you're not really in the upper echelon of Major League Baseball teams, even if you make it into the postseason, but I'm willing to smile and enjoy it. And I had a blast this weekend sitting around with my dad watching White Sox games and hitting high fives. Well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with sitting here and saying, hey, cool, they're still in it, you know? And it is partially that the Twins have had an opportunity to put the Sox away, failed to do so. Cleveland has had a chance to run away with the division, failed to do so. So our bets were perfectly hedged because we were right. Look, playoff baseball is playoff baseball. They get in. I'm going to try and get tickets. I'm going to try and walk in there. I'm going to do everything I can as a fan to, to, to push them on. I'm just not holding my breath for a World Series championship. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to make a lot of cases if they make it in there as to why they could actually do well in the postseason. But you can do anything with stats. You can sit down and you can kind of paint whatever picture that you want to paint sometimes. I, I know I'll get super positive, and I, I'm happy with what's going on. Everything from the, the moment that Andrew Vaughn got hit in the shoulder, and I love how everybody's like, there's no way he's throwing at him. They had a meeting on the mound, right? And like, my buddy from Minnesota, he's like my oldest kid's godfather. We're close as can be. He's from Edina, Minnesota. He's a huge Twins fan. We talk crap to each other all the time. I go to Minnesota and watch games there. He comes to Chicago, watches games here. We hang out with each other in our opposing team's outfits, and we have talked garbage to each other for a quarter of a century. We're super tight. We're like brothers. And he texts me. He's like, well, I don't understand why anybody thought that Andrew Vaughn got hit on purpose. I'm like, the guy coming up after him hits into all kinds of double plays. They had a meeting on the mound right before the pitch, and suddenly, suddenly, Andrew Vaughn gets hit in the shoulder. It's not as cut and dry as you want it to be. Right. And I love the fact that the White Sox led by Lance Lynn went out to the mound and it got a little crazy the other night. You know, they need that spark. And there's a total spark on this team right now. I'm sorry. You can try to twist it to they're playing for Tony. They're playing this way because he isn't in there anymore. I- I'm telling you right now, Tony LaRusso would have hated Elvis Andros hitting a grand slam off a position player pitching late in the Dylan Cease near no hitter. He hated it when Yerman Mercedes did it. He would have hated it then. There's a lot of things this team is doing on the field and the way that they're acting that their manager has demonstrated time and again with actions and words that he's not totally in line with. This is this team has a different feel with Miguel Cairo running things, mainly because Tony La Russa isn't. Well, and, and that's the thing. Is, is So I think the right thing to say for the team, and I'm sure there's some truth to it too. I, 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 would, I would grant that Tony LaRussa is a guy that players on the team, the other coaches, that everybody has respect for. They know him personally at this point. It's been a couple of seasons. And it, you don't wish ill on the guy at all. We don't wish ill on the guy no, at all, even though we criticize no. him all the time, right? So, but the the ideas that Miguel Cairo 
is not going to publicly put Elvis Andrus down because he got a good swing off of a position player late in the game. Okay. Where that's kind of what your mean Mercedes did too, right? He took an EFIS and he just took a swing at it and crushed it. So he's not getting publicly lambasted by his manager for it. Uh, you know, you have a team that goes out to the mound and charges the mound. You kind of wonder, right? Andrew Vaughn gets hit. You kind of wonder, is this a team that looks to Tony and Tony's in the go, we, we don't go out there, you know, don't go, you know, or is this something where Miguel Cairo is, is kind of looking at it and just sitting back and going, if they go, they go and I'll go with them. Cause Miguel Cairo got in the middle of that too. He did. Right? He he's did. There, he's John with Rocco Baldell at Baldelli. But mainly what he did, like you said, is that he allowed the team to show some personality. He allowed them to get caught up in the moment, right or wrong. And it feels like there have been times where that has been stifled, especially this year with Tony. And maybe that's the kind of spark that they need. You're listening to Socks in the Basement. It's brought to you proudly by Family Waterproofing Solutions for Boeing Walls, Window Wells, Foundation and Crack Repair, Concrete Raising and Lowering. That's a foundation issue. Some pumps, gutter cleaning. It's a fall now, basically. You're going to start seeing leaves falling. They're going to take care of that for you. They're family and veteran owned and operated since they started in 2013. And if you mention Socks in the Basement, you get a deep discount. Give them a call 24-7-708-330-4466. See what difference a family makes at familydry.com. I, I hear these all the right things being said, right? That uh, La Russa is El Jefe. And uh, this is why Robert is batting lower in the lineup when he gets to the gets to Seattle. Well, we only got to make sure that he's all back 100%. Well, Tony used to throw him right in there at the top. He would come off the IL and he's like, well, that's your spot in the order. I don't care if we've been killing it at the top of the order. If a guy comes back from injury, he will take the flow of the team and be like, well, but so-and-so left and that was his spot in the order. And now that guy gets that spot back right away. Same thing with Mancata. Well, we're resting his legs. Well, that's the right thing to say. But the other way you could look at it is that infield, even though that isn't a 162-game infield, right? Like, Romy Gonzalez, Elvis Andrus, and Josh Harrison, 162 games is probably not the best uh, group of guys you can have in the infield if you plan on winning an awful lot of games. But right now, they're red hot. Why throw Moncada out there? It's those little things that I think LaRusso would just shoehorn him in. He would have been like, well, this is his spot. You got to throw him out there. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, if Timmy Anderson came back from injury and this team is rolling and they've just taken the lead in the division or they're headed towards the postseason and Cairo is still the manager, which I think he will be because I don't think LaRusso is coming back. I don't think Miguel Cairo gives him the leadoff spot until he's rolling and he can say for sure he belongs up there. And that's, that's a different way of constructing your lineup and running your team and rewarding those that go out and do a good job on the field that I didn't see all the time from LaRusso. It was more like, well, you've earned this, and so I'm just giving it to you, even though it might not be the right move that day. Well, and I think it speaks, too, to something else that I, I, I has to be frustrating other fans besides me, which is that this team the entire year seems to show up at certain moments and draw us in. Right now we're drawn back in, right, because they're so close they're in the hunt. It's this ho- it's this home stretch on the season, and my gosh, you know they're right there and they could do it. And that Astros series when they came out and they just smoked the Astros. Oh gosh, you know here we go. They flipped the switch. They figured it out. But then you get those Diamondback series. You get the, you get those games where they they just don't seem to show up, and you and you sit there and you wonder, okay, what's going on with it? And I think some of it is you have a team that knows they're very talented and knows that they are superior to the Diamondbacks, but they don't show up against the Diamondbacks because 
they're not as worried about them. They, they, they don't get up for them. But I do think that there's something to be said, too, about some of the timing of that, where you, you get into some of these series, and we've seen it earlier in the season, where you know they've just done something, and maybe it's a group of guys, or there's a guy that was the hero in a series, and then he gets bumped. He gets moved down. Andrew Vaughn's a top-of-the-order guy. Well, wait, Robert's back. Now Vaughn's back hitting towards the bottom of the lineup, or he's benched, right? Exactly. Miguel Cairo should be managing however he wants to. He shouldn't worry about anybody's feelings out there. I want to explain why here in just a moment. But first, I want to remind everybody, if you've got a loved one in the home that you're trying to keep independent, you don't want to move them out of the house uh, and put them into assisted living, or let's say you're around the house and you need some help, anything from big medical equipment like a ramp to the house and a chairlift system to let's say you just need help with diabetes control or an extra oxygen tank in the house for mom or dad, or you need a CPAP machine for yourself, they have the the absolute best technology and testing rooms inside of Hyatt Home Medical Equipment in their big, beautiful showroom right here on the south side. Why do this thing online? Why, why talk to a voice on the phone? Go in and see them. You could do it on the phone. You could do it online. So many different options. They work with your insurance. They lower the cost. And when you mention Socks in the Basement, they take additional money off for Socks in the Basement listeners. Check them out online at hhme.com or, as I said, stop in to 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. All right, so Miguel Cairo now, back to him. He's not keeping a job with the team, in my opinion, at the end of the year unless he wins the division and becomes the manager. Like, if I were Miguel Cairo, I would have the realization that Tony's not coming back. And the White Sox may not even have the same front office, or some of them may be gone. There's going to be changes. The bench coach's job is not assured. And this is his moment in an elite group of very few that get to manage a Major League Baseball team to bring a team back that was on the brink, that was falling out of it, whose playoff odds were bottoming out. People are planning for the offseason already at the end of August. And if he can light a spark and he can bring his team back and he can get him into the postseason and then he does some kind of damage in there, all of a sudden everybody will be like, keep that guy. Tony moves on, goes into a front office role. Okay, it's good for his health. And Cairo keeps the job. If I'm him, I don't care whether or not somebody's upset because they're down lower in the lineup or their spot is not assured. Or even if the front office, if Han's like, I want you to do this and he doesn't agree with it. If I were Miguel Cairo, I'd do whatever the hell I wanted to for the next month. Right? I mean, this is that moment where you just go, this is my one chance. Why would I do anything that I didn't agree with fully? He could say the right things in front of the press, but if I'm Miguel Cairo, it's everything is the way I would have done it because this is your one shot, Miguel. If you want to be a Major League Baseball manager, this is maybe the greatest shot you're ever going to get. Get into the postseason, and who cares who you tick off, you'll be the manager next year. Well, even if he's not here, okay? And even if he doesn't get into the playoffs, even if he just lights a spark and the team is competitive down the stretch, even if they fall short, Miguel Cairo at this point has to manage to win at all costs, okay? And he's got to show he knows how to handle a lineup. He's got to show he knows how to handle a bullpen. He's, he's got to show he knows how to handle the pitching staff in general, when to pull guys, how late to let guys go. He's He's got to not be that guy that lets a pitcher go one inning too long, right? He can be a guy that maybe pulls a guy a little bit short, but he's got to push the right buttons. And he is motivated to do so not just because he could be the manager of the 2023 Chicago White Sox, because he very easily could be. More importantly for him, there are other teams out there 
that are watching all the managers that are on a hot seat. Okay. And no other team is looking at Tony La Russa as a real viable option anymore. Okay. But they are looking at Miguel Cairo and they were looking at Miguel Cairo as Tony's bench coach. And you're saying they're going, okay, well, is Miguel the kind of guy that we want to bring into our organization and maybe turn over the keys to our team? But if he has shown in a managerial capacity with a team that's in a playoff contention window and, and a team that is really doing it and just close to winning their division, that he can push the right buttons, even if he falls short, this is his audition for the whole league to ever be a manager again, okay? Let alone an audition for Jerry Reinsdorf or to an extent Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn if you believe that those guys are going to continue on next year. There's a lot of things that are going on here, but I don't think Miguel Cairo is going to necessarily sit there and say, I'm going to do exactly what the front office tells me to do, or I am going to do anything other than the way I do it because it's, this is self-serving time. For oh him. yeah. Okay. Look this out is, for this you, is Miguel. absolutely 100% about Miguel Cairo. If you're Miguel Cairo, that's what I'd be doing. He doesn't care if the White Sox win or lose. He just cares how good he looks doing it. Right. And he, and if he wins, that's a, that's a big check mark in his column. I oh, mean, it's a huge check mark. That's yeah. what you're doing. I mean, look, first time I ever got a, a, a radio morning show when I would get to fill in, in the mornings, man, did I prep ahead of time? And I didn't care oh, yeah. if it upset the guy whose show I took over that I showed him up because I was better than what he was doing on his show. Because I, I didn't care about anybody's feelings. I knew who I needed to impress, and that's how I, that's. As I recall, it, that guy called you Latuna. For yeah, he a didn't while. like me. He he didn't like me very much. But then again, you no, know, he did not. <laughs> I I I took over the show, and and he wasn't there anymore. Uh, I got a big announcement. Can we get some announcement music? Here we go. Um, the offseason has not yet begun, but we want to make sure we start preparing you for the return of the $1,000 guest bounty here on Socks in the Basement. And we have a brand new sponsor that will be providing the G to one lucky listener. Last year, we had a listener get $1,000 for bringing in a guest that we had not had on the show before that we didn't think we would have been able to secure without that guest making the move. The guest didn't even know the, the person who won, the, the, the guy who won, the fan who won, reached out through social media and convinced David Sampson to come on the show. And he beat out Liam Hendricks and Jake Berger. Those were the top three guests of the offseason. And that guy won $1,000. And it was incredible. And we have another $1,000 to give away. And it is brought to you by the law offices of Parente and Norum. Uh, when you've been injured and you need a team that will do what it takes to fight for your rights, insurance companies only care about one thing, their bottom line. Parente and Norum has experience, dedication, proven results that it takes to get you the care and compensation you deserve, and they have recovered over $400 million for their injured clients and their loved ones. For a free case evaluation, call or text them today, 312-641-5926, or visit pninjurylaw.com. Dot com And that is the sponsor of the $1,000 Guest Bounty. A lot of details coming up on this. We're not even going to start interviewing people till the off season. St- season. Just kind of start thinking about what you want to do. And we're going get to get your feelers going. Oh, yeah. You know? And we're going to add a twist into this. On top of the grand that Parente and Norum's putting up for this. Okay. I'm putting up some of my own money. Some of my own money. And I am going to come up with a list. Two, three, four, five. A certain amount of people that I will give big money to. If they come on the show, I will give it to the charity of their choice. 
All right. I don't know who it's going to be. I kind of want to, I wanted to ask you, is there somebody you really want to have on this show this off season that we've never had before? And because I'm going to offer some big money to, to that guest that they can give it to charity if they get on the show on top of the thousand dollars we're giving away to a listener this off season. I tell you what, I'll throw in if Jerry Reinsdorf comes on the show. <laughs> I don't think he needs our money. <laughs> he doesn't need our money, but if somebody can make that happen. That, that would be okay. Fine. Jerry Reinsdorf on the show. Let's say if Jerry Reinsdorf were to come on socks in the basement, I would give a thousand dollars to his favorite charity or to White Sox charities. A thousand dollars of my money. That's what I would do. Okay. I would, I would, that's the kind of bounty I'm offering up on top of the thousand dollars we're giving to a listener for somebody else. Now, if a listener gets Jerry Reinsdorf on, I'll give a thousand dollars to Jerry Reinsdorf's, uh, um, charity and the listener gets the thousand dollars from Parente and Norm. See, we're giving away cash this off season. All right. That's everybody always goes like, Chris, why do you run commercial ads on the show? Well, one, it feeds my family and it allows me to do podcasting for a living. And Brother Rice and Mother Macaulay are expensive. All right. And I got kids in those schools. Okay, but on top of that, it gives me the flexibility to have some fun on the show and I can give some stuff away. And so I'm looking to do that. Like I said, stay tuned. Start thinking about who you want to have for the thousand dollar guest bounty. If you have a connection to somebody and and what'd be great is like, I think when we finally make the list, right? When we finally make the list of the bounties I'm going to give out, I'm going to want them in person, either at the bar or like at a location like Cork and Carry. You know what I'm saying? Like I would want the guests oh, yeah. to be not, not on the phone for, yeah. for somebody that big. I, the ones that I'm who, offering, who like Jerry Reinstorf, neutral site. Okay. Cork and carry. Go sit over at Cork and carry at the park in front of a crowd with me and a microphone and then a microphone and you and a microphone. Let's have a conversation about what the hell's going on over there. All right. Maybe he'll feel cocky if they make it to the postseason. I'm still asking the same question. Good. But maybe he'll feel oh, yeah. cocky. <laughs> I want that. That's what I want. And a guy that I would love to have on. Um, I, I, this would be a great one. If you're a listener, you get my vote. Get me Lance Lynn on this show. Oh, yeah. All right. I want yes. to. He's the funniest, man. He goes out there and, and he walks out to that mound after Vaughn gets hit over the weekend. And then his quote the next day on what were they on? It was a national game on Saturday night with the cease thing, right? It was Fox, right? Is that what they right. were on? Yeah. And, and his, so, yeah. his quote mid-eating when they asked him why he went out to the mound was, well, I saw him chirping and I didn't understand what he would be saying. So I just went out there to, so I could hear him better. Like, he's so funny when he says those things. Like, I, I, I still love when he was going, when he came back and, and there was a difference of opinion um, <laughs> between him and, and one of the coaches, I think it was Cass. McEwing. It was between McEwing. Yeah, he's a Porter House guy and I'm a, I'm a New York Strip guy. That's hysterical. He's funny. I mean, he's yes. funny. Yeah, Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn would be fantastic to have on the show. Sox found a way to win. Against the Mariners, got a little shaky on Monday night as we're sitting here uh, recording for the uh, Tuesday release of Sox in the Basement, but a 3-2 win, and they needed that. They needed that. Not only are they a game they over, did. but they needed to do that because the Mariners were hot. The Mariners had kicked the crap out of the Indians all weekend long. You didn't want to show up now and lose two straight and lose all the momentum. That, that, that's what this team used to do. This team would, would suck you back in, make you feel good, and then lose three in a row. They lost, the, they lost the last game of that series over the weekend, and then they turn right around and they win the first game on the road against Seattle. And they need that. And now you're gonna now you're gonna get Kopech coming off the IL here very shortly. Yeah, you, you know, Lynn's Lynn looks hot. I want I, I really want to get into that. We're gonna jump into the starting rotation here in just moments right here on Socks in the Basement.
Hailstorm Brewing Company is having a two-day Oktoberfest. Socks in the Basement is going to be there on the Sunday, uh, September 24th and 25th. Hailstorm Brewing, huge Oktoberfest, all kinds of specialty beers out there. Their brand new Oktoberfest uh, that they have just put out over at the brewery. I've already had it. It's amazing. It's called Take Me to Your Liter. Spelled L-I-T-E-R. It's, uh-huh. yeah, it's a good one. Okay, located yeah. in Tinley Park at 8060, 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue. Uh, new, highly acclaimed brewer, Will Turner, has come there to Hailstorm, is doing their classic styles, and then putting his own stuff together, like that Oktoberfest, which is a banger. I think it's at about 6% or a little bit more than that. I mean, you're going to have some fun, not only at Oktoberfest, and Socks in the Basement again going to be there on the 25th, but you can hang out anytime in the huge tap room, outdoor patio. It's going to be beautiful out there here in the fall with the fire pit on chilly evenings, live music on the weekends, trivia nights, all kinds of fun events. And again, it's Oktoberfest time. If you have not been out there, first of all, follow them online through their Facebook page at Hailstorm Brewing Co. Go there, 8060 186th Street, and check out everything else at hailstormbrewing.com. Lance Lynn, I am not surprised by the resurgence because Lance Lynn does something that I love in a starting pitcher. He keeps his whip low. When you keep your whip low, yeah. yeah I, mean, I know that this stack gets poo-pooed. It does, but it shouldn't. Right. Some people hate the fact that I live on the whip, the walks and hits per innings pitch. But in my mind, if guys stay off base, you have a better chance for results. Okay? You're going to have positive results. I mean, it's the guy who's, who's whip this year is a 1.138. That's, that's high-end starter stuff. Sure, his ERA was hovering around five and just dipped below it, and then he has this nice game uh, on Monday night. So it's going to it's gonna dip down even more. He had a great game. But you could see it because he was keeping guys off base. His problem was mistake pitches. The home run all of a sudden. Okay? The guys were getting on base were all hitting home runs. That, that was what was hurting his... That was the only way guys were doing anything. He was really keeping a lot of base runners off base. I feel very positive when you look at him. And Cease, of course. And Cueto. And now Kopech coming back this week off the IL. I don't know where Lucas Giolito fits in if this team actually does make the postseason. It kind of doesn't, does he? I mean, it's one of those where this is what you wanted Lance Lynn to be, okay? And your your point about Whip being one of those poo-pooed stats, you can have a guy that strikes out a ton of guys, okay? If he strikes out a ton but gives up home runs, a lot of hits, or he gives up a lot of walks in doing so, he can still get in trouble. And you, and you don't have to be a stat head to have watched – an to watch a baseball game and understand the flow of a game is important, okay? So with a starting pitcher, one bad inning for a starting pitcher could derail a whole game. It doesn't have to be something where statistically you look at it and go, oh, well, statistically, this guy struck out 11 players, but he gave up four runs in the second inning, and he got it back together, and he had a great third, great fourth, great fifth, and then the bullpen took over and whatever happened. But that inning takes a lot out of a team. That inning puts guys on their heels. Now they start approaching their offensive, you know, their the rest of their offensive day a little bit differently because they're trying to do something different. Or the team might be pressing. Or you might have to use the bullpen in a way that you would have preferred not to if you had come out in a closer game or with a lead. So there's a lot of things that happen within the flow of a game that when you have a guy who is an impressive guy as far as strikeouts or an impressive guy as far as stuff where he doesn't give up a lot, you know, he's got a low ERA but a high whip. He's always riding on the edge. And that low ERA might just be indicative of the fact that he pitches a lot of innings, but he has that one bad inning. Or he pitches a lot of innings, but he has that one bad game, something like that. So Lance Lynn keeping his whip low, huge, huge thing. If the Sox pitchers can do that, 
and keep guys off base. It just makes it that much easier because this is still offensively not the team we thought it was going to be that is going to go out there and put up eight, nine runs a game without blinking an eye. They can. They don't do it often enough to where you can have Lance Lynn go out there and go seven innings but have had a three-run third and then another two-run fifth, or he doesn't get to the sixth because he's walked a bunch of guys. He's put a lot of guys on. The, the strain is on the arm. He's got to make all those pitches. He's got to make extra pitches because you got guys following stuff off that are trying to get a guy over or that are, are trying to get a guy in uh, you know, through a sacrifice fly or some other means. It, it just it changes the game when you put guys on base. It changes how a pitcher can throw. It changes what they do out of the stretch. There's so many things. So you're spot on with whip, but you know if you're not a stat guy and you're sitting here going, it's ERA, it's wins, it's strikeouts, think about whip in terms of when you're watching a game and you're watching a starting pitcher with two guys on every single inning, how much easier is it on that team? How about this? We'll play a quick game. Quick game, okay? Quick I game. always okay. say I always say 1.30 whip is about the limit for me for a starting pitcher. That if you're below 1.30, I like, I like you as a starting pitcher. If you're below 1.20, you're really good. If you're below 1.10, you're elite. And then with relief pitchers, I drop it 10 points, right? So 1.20 for my relief pitchers, 110. And if you're below a 1, you're elite. All right? So let's go through the White Sox pitchers because you know them the best. Dylan Cease, elite, 1.07 whip. Johnny Cueto, really good season, 1.17 whip. Lance Lynn, 1.38 whip. Michael Kopech, 1.21 whip. Lucas Giolito, 1.504. Are you surprised when I say that when you think of the five White Sox pitchers, the consistency and the way that they've been playing this year and who you trust? When I read off those numbers, you should be like, yeah, that makes that makes total sense. So now here, when I look in the bullpen, Ed, Liam Hendricks, has he got a high whip or a low whip? Low whip. 1.08 Kendall Graveman, high whip or low whip? Surprisingly high whip. High whip. And you know what? He only had a low whip for the 2020 season and the 2021 season for the first half of it when he was with Seattle. Otherwise, he always has a really high one. And I was trying to figure this out. So I went and I looked, and it turns out his home and away splits were so incredibly different that essentially he was a superstar in Seattle and everywhere else terrible. You know, these are the things that come up when I'm sitting around, I'm looking at Rick Hahn in the front office and I go, how do you not see this when all I have to do is go on baseball reference and double check the guy? I feel like I put more, more actual research in the players I'm picking up in fantasy baseball than they do sometimes when they're trying to figure out who they're picking up in free agency, because he's had a rough one all year. He is a maybe, maybe not Elvis Andrews on Monday night doesn't make a great play and you may not win that game because Graveman puts a lot of guys on base, a lot more than he should for the high leverage situation that he's in. So it's, it's a great stat to take a look at, to pay attention to. As we end the show, though, the only stat I want to talk about is home runs. And I will say this right now, he's not a White Sox player. I have to say it, though. I want to be on record. If Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs, he's my single season home run record champion. He's, he's my guy. Okay, because I don't count Sammy Sosa and I don't count Mark McGuire and I don't count Barry Bonds and his head that grew four sizes too big. Okay, I don't I don't count those guys. And you cut him off the list, it's still Roger Maris to me. And he hit his 54th on Monday night. And I'm starting to believe. And until somebody tells me he's on something, especially the way that the ball has not been leaving the ballpark across Major League Baseball this year, that's incredibly impressive. He's going to be my single season home run champ if he hits 62. 
I think I read somewhere CBS Sports maybe that he's on pace for 65. He just hit, yeah, he's ahead of Maris's pace right now. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, we can talk all we want about everybody was doing it. Uh, I, I know there's theories that Barry Bonds' head grew four sizes bigger that day because he taught the who's in Whoville uh, advanced <laughs> physics. That's that's probably not true, but, um, you know, in, in reality, this would be something where, yeah, this is more impressive to me than that because, yes, while everybody was doing it, yes, while it was a different era, the ball was flying out of the ballpark. Home runs are being hit at record pace. This is a new kind of a dead ball season, and the fact that Judge is doing it, I think... Even if you don't have the asterisk versus no asterisk situation, if you don't think that this is the most impressive season since Maris, I question you being a baseball fan. I bet it there, because I got nothing after the who joke. I got nothing. <laughs> Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.